Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. Vintage Church is a movement of truth, love, and community. For more information, visit VintageChurchNola.com. Here is this week's message. We are in our sermon series going through the Lord's Prayer, and I'm going to ask for us to read this aloud. It's going to be on the screen. We're going to be coming from Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. And it says, Therefore, you should pray like this, Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And let's, let's pray. Um, God, I thank you so much uh, just for that prayer. Um, I pray for everyone in this room, God, as we um, look at what it looks like to talk to you, as we look at this Lord's Prayer, God, I pray that you will speak to us. Um, I pray that you will encourage us, that you will challenge us, God. I pray that I will decrease and that you will increase through me, God, for the edification of your body. We pray right now, God, that if there's anybody here that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior or potentially some people are here today, God, and they just need to um, hear about the goodness of you. I pray that everyone here will leave changed by the power of the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So we are in our sermon series called Talk to Me. Look at your neighbor and say, talk to me. But not while John is preaching. Um, but we're in this, this series, Talk to Me. And the reason why we've called this Talk to Me is because we've leaned into this truth that the creator of the universe, that created everything, he knows who you are. He knows what you have going on. He knows the accomplishments that you've had. He knows the weaknesses. He knows everything about you. But as we lean into Scripture, we'll see, although he knows everything about us, he still has this desire to communicate with us. And as a church, we have kicked off this year praying and fasting, and we just thought it would be so important for us to kick off talking about prayer as it relates to preaching. And as I think about Talk To Me, I'm reminded of a song that came out six years ago. Um, it was one of my favorite songs that was, came out, Don't Judge Me. Um, and it, and it, the song name was Say Something. How many people have heard of that song? Not that many. Well, I'm going to help you all remember it. <clears throat> it goes a little bit something like this. I'm just going to do one verse. <laughs> Sing it. All right, I got a, got a fan over there. <laughs> Say something, I'm giving up on you. How was that? <laughs> All right, Mark. Mark, you better put me on the praise team. Um, but no, it's the song Say Something. And as I think about that song, I was watching an interview from the guy who wrote that song. And he said that he wrote that song out of a place where he had so much love that was built up for someone. And he just wanted to communicate with them. He wanted them to say something. And as we think about God, there's this truth and this reality that he knows us and he has so much love built up for each and every one of us. Not on our performance, not based on how good we are, but just the mere fact that he created us. And he has this desire for us to communicate with him as well. And as I think about this and as we think about prayer, for some of us, we think that we don't need to pray. I'm smart. I have my education. 
I have my money. I have my connections. The plug, I am the plug. Some people, that's what their thought is. Plug, for those that don't know, it means like you are the connection. Um, that's the translation, John McCann's translation. Um, but as we, as we think about this, um, there's, this, there's this reality for some of us that we're trying to do life on our own. So we do life, and then once we make a mess, then we pray <laughs> instead of praying first. And for some of us, we'll say, all right, John, I know I need to pray. But as it relates to praying, like, like I want to go deeper in my prayer life. I, I want to know more. I want to see how can I go deeper in the presence of God and communicating with him. How can I do this? And with anything in life, whenever you want to know how to do something, you go to an expert. You go to an expert. And I would like to say this is my first Sunday preaching as an engaged man. Can we thank God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I could delete all those apps off of my phone. I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, I'm not just kidding. I could if I had them, but I don't have them on my phone. There's nothing wrong with them, by the way. I think ChristianMingle.com is a wonderful ministry. <laughs> um, so as I, as, I, as I think about that, when I got ready to propose to my girlfriend, I contacted a, a, an expert, someone who can plan it. And, you know, if you're on social media, you kind of know what happened. If you're not on social media, send me a friend request so I can stalk you um, and know exactly what you have going on. No, I'm just kidding. But... I reached out and I found somebody who specialized in proposals and my sister was going on her bachelorette cruise and she had all her girlfriends and my girlfriend went with her on this cruise. So what I did was I flew to the island on a buddy pass, praise God for friends that work at the airline, and I made it too. So previously when I flew on with the buddy pass, I didn't make the flight. But I made the flight and I got there and as she was getting off the boat, on this island and walking along the beach to her right she looked over and she saw me and I had a sign set up saying marry me and I proposed to her with the sun in the sky <laughs> and she said I do isn't that great that would have been bad if she'd said no right <laughs> Um, and I proposed to her, but I, I had to reach out to an expert because I needed some help planning this. So when we think about prayer, and as we think about the revelation found in prayer, and as we think about the depth of prayer, who better to look at than the Lord's prayer? And today, we're going to be leaning into, last week, Pastor Dustin preached on our Father. Can we give it up for our lead pastor, Pastor Dustin Turner, for doing such an incredible job? leading this amazing ministry, and he preached on that. And this week, I'm going to be leaning into verse 10, verse 10. And I'm going to be preaching on your kingdom come. And in verse 10, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That one verse has so much weight to it. Because I don't know about you, when I think about prayer and when I think about praying, has anybody ever been in a season of your life where you really was praying and really believing God for something? Whether it was like the salvation of someone else, whether it was for a provision, whether it was for God to open up a door, whether it was for God to give you peace, to give you comfort, to give you guidance, to give you direction. How many of you have been in a place where you eagerly were seeking the face of God, asking for him to help you do for yourself what you could not do on your own? A lot of us. I know I've been in that place before. 
And as I think about that, when I was in that place a couple years ago, God had given me a vision um, to do a conference, like a big conference in New Orleans and um, to gather all the different local churches and get a big venue downtown and to have this big conference where the church can be edified. And then we had, I had a vision where we we're going to go out and evangelize just thousands of people in the streets of New Orleans all on the same day, just spreading the gospel. And I remember praying, asking God, God, this is so awesome. And I remember we had different packets. We had a venue lined up. Um, we had sponsors that we were talking to that were going to cover their expenses for it. And we were just super, super excited. And I remember praying and thinking, God, like, this is going to be awesome, God. Like, yes, this is going to be great. We're going to advance the gospel. We're going to do all these different things. And, and then the venue called me a little earlier than we anticipated, saying, hey, John, um, we got that date on the calendar. We need a deposit. And I said, what? I said, we didn't get the money yet. They said, well, we need a deposit. I said, well, this, this event is for God. They said, well, God better give you some money. <laughs> and we didn't have any money. And we weren't able to do it. And I remember just thinking, I was like, God, I prayed to you. Like, God, like this desire that I had on my heart, like, God, I prayed. I prayed to you, and I wanted you to answer my prayer, and I wanted you to do what I wanted you to do because it wasn't even for me, God. It was for you, and you didn't give me the money. And I remember kind of being a little upset with God. And then God revealed to me what we can pull from this verse, verse 10, which is so powerful that it revolutionized the way that you look at prayer. He revealed to me that prayer isn't about aligning God with our desires, but aligning our desires to God. And so many times when we think about talking to God, when we think about praying, for many of us, when we go to God, we go with this intention that God's, uh, I, my desires, God, you better align to my desires. God, I want this and I'm praying to you because I want this and I want you to align to my desires. May I submit to you? That in this text, in this prayer, that as we approach God, that's not our approach that we should be taking. We should be taking an approach where we go to God and we say, God, I'm not coming to you for, for, for you to align to my desires, but I'm coming to you so that my desires can align to you. So that brings me to the question this morning, well, John, okay, I get it. I need to pray. I get it. I can't do this on my own. I get it. We have this Lord's Prayer. I get it. We're looking at this verse. So, but how, how, how can I pray with the intention of aligning my desires to God? Like, how can I pray? Like, I, I get it. Like, but when I say this prayer, when I say, Thy kingdom come, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When I say this, John, how can I have my intention to align with God's desires? Instead of going to God and saying, God, this is what I want you to do. As we look at this verse, we can see some practical things from it. The first thing that we can see is that when we pray, as we, when you look at this statement, your kingdom come. When we pray, we pray by, number one, surrendering to God's command. Surrendering to God's command. When you see this, it says your kingdom come. What we're saying is if God's kingdom is going to come, there's this reality that we're going to have to surrender to his command because if it's his kingdom, then he's in control. So how many of y'all know where the kingdom of God is located? Y'all know which country it's in? 
Is it, is it in America? The land? Where is it? Do y'all know? Is it in Israel? No, there's no geographical location for it. The kingdom of God represents the sovereign rule and reign of God over everything. And as you look in the Gospels, you'll see the kingdom of God mentioned 126 times. This was a very popular topic. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. And even as you look at Jesus' ministry. And what I love, kind of in more uh, layman terms, you see that the kingdom of God is what the world looks like when King Jesus gets his way. And I love that. It comes from Kingdom First by Jeff Crifferson and Mac Lake. The kingdom is what the world looks like when King Jesus gets his way. When you think about the kingdom of God, when you think about, when you say the prayer, your kingdom come, what are you saying? You're saying, I want the world to look like it should when Jesus, the king, gets his way. And in order for him to do that, there's this reality that we must surrender to his command. We must surrender to his command. If we're in his kingdom, we have to surrender to his command. And as we think about this, surrendering to God's command, it describes, number one, it describes our posture in prayer. Our posture and prayer. When you think about God's kingdom and surrendering to his command, there's this reality that our posture in the prayer should look a certain way if he's the king, if he's in command. Our posture, we should have this posture of humility. How many of you all have ever met um, royalty before? How many people have ever met royal, somebody who of royal blood? I have. I've met one queen in my life. That's it. And uh, it was Queen B. How many of y'all know who Queen B is? It's Beyonce, for those that don't know. And when I met the queen, I remember seeing her, and I just was like in awe. And I approached her, and I was like, hey, Queen B. And I shook her hand, and I didn't wash my hands for a couple days. And I was so excited to be in her presence, and I had this approach and I, and I, and I, had, I had this, 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 this position and then this posture of her, this, of just humility. And as we think about God and we think about our posture towards God, there's this reality that we have to have this posture of humility. We have to have this posture. When I was in the queen's presence, whatever she said, I was going to do. But when we think about King Jesus... When we think about God, when we think about saying, your kingdom come, do we have this position and this posture of humility? And for a lot of us, it's hard for us to say your kingdom come, or maybe we say it and we don't understand the magnitude of it. But when you say your kingdom come, you're saying that, God, I know that I like to be in command of my life. I know that I like to command my life. I know that I like to command my family. I know I like to command my career. I like to command what I'm going to do with my time, where I'm going to eat, where I'm going to shop. I like to be in control. But when you say your kingdom come, you're saying that I'm not in control no more. It's not about what I command. It's about what he commands because I want his kingdom to come, not mine. Not mine. So when you say your kingdom come, it speaks to this description of our posture in prayer. And when I think about that, I'm reminded because it's kind of like if you're in somebody's kingdom, like they're in control. If you're, if you're not in their kingdom, that's another story. But as I think about this, I'm reminded of a big problem that we have in America. And this is the problem of back seat. 
Can I get an amen? And the problem with backseat drivers, they will get in your car while you're driving. And they will sit in the back seat. Some of them sit in the passenger seat and have the nerve to tell you how to drive. How dare you? You're in my car. I'm driving this car. And people get in the car and they're sitting in the back seat. Oh, you need to turn right here. Now I'm going to turn where I want to turn. You're in my car. And, and, and I share that because as we think about our relationship with God and as we think about his kingdom coming, his rule and reign over everything coming, there's this reality for some of us. We're like the person in the back seat. We want to say your kingdom come, but then we want to sit in the back seat and tell God, God, you just missed that left turn. That was the opportunity for me. That was for my career. That was for my relationship. God, what are you doing? You missed the turn. You need to turn around. For some of us, that's our disposition when we relate to God. But the truth of the matter is, if he's in command, then we need to sit in the back seat and shut up. <laughs> and shut up. Because it's either he's in command or he's not. And when you say your kingdom come, there's this reality that you are embracing this posture of humility. And for many of us, we don't want to surrender. We don't want to surrender that control. And I ran into a quote that I thought was so powerful. It says, the moment of surrender is not when life is over. It's when life begins. It's when it begins. And even as we look in the gospel, if you look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 39, it says, for those who lose their life for my sake will gain it. There's this reality as we surrender to Jesus, as we surrender to his plan, to his way, there's this reality that that's not when we lose things. That's when things begin. And for many of us, we want to stay in command. We want to command every single thing, every single area of our life, instead of saying, God, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. So as we think about this, so there's this description of our posture in prayer as we think about surrendering to God's command. But it also, when you think about surrendering to God's command, there's this truth that it also defines our position in prayer. So we have our, our posture, but then we also see our position. Because when you say your kingdom come, there's a couple things that you have to recognize that comes with that. Number one is you're recognizing or you're saying that you're going to be a part of this kingdom, number one. And as you think about your position, there's this truth that when you come into the kingdom of God, that there's this reality. There's only one way into the kingdom of God, and that is found in the name and in the power and in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's no other. I heard a hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Give me some more hallelujah. It's going to get me. I love it. Um, there's this reality. They come through Jesus Christ, right? So for some of us, when we're saying your kingdom come, we need to pause and ask ourselves, have I even trusted in Jesus as my Lord and Savior? Because when you're saying your kingdom come, you're acknowledging that there's a kingdom and you're saying that you want that kingdom to come. And in order for God to be rule and reign over everything, including you, including your soul, there's this reality that you have to surrender and repent from your sins and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. There's that reality. And for some of us, we might be here and I'm glad that you're here and we're talking about prayer. And you know what I think is kind of it's 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 it's, it's kind of sad at sometimes, but it's welcome because God allows us to talk to him um, because of grace. 
But how horrible would it be for some of us that pray to God that don't even personally know him, that haven't ex accepted him as our Lord and Savior? So you, you think about that. And then also when you think about your position in the kingdom, you also think about this other reality, which is if you are in the kingdom, that means that there is a throne that somebody sits on. Now, how many people like Game of Thrones? Make some noise. Let's not judge him, y'all. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but in Game of Thrones, there's somebody who sits on the throne and there's everybody else. And the person who sits on the throne is in command. That's their position. And then for the rest of everyone else, there's the subjects of that king. And there's this reality that if we are surrendering to God's command, that he sits on the throne. Who sits on the throne in your heart? Because when you say your kingdom come, you are praying. And you are acknowledging that the only person that can sit on the throne of your heart is God. Not you. Not your comfort. Not your preference. Not what you're used to. Not what you like. God. Who's sitting on the throne of your heart? If you're saying your kingdom come and then you're surrendering to God's command, speaks to our position. We're not on the throne. He is. So as we think about aligning our desires to God, that cannot happen without first surrendering to God's command. So the prayer says, your kingdom come. But then what does he say afterwards? Your will be done. And in order for God's will to be done, there's this reality that you and I must submit to God's will. So the next way, we there's this surrendering, but then there's this submitting to God's will. Because if we're in his kingdom, where he rules and reigns over everything, and if we're saying that we're going to surrender to his command, in order for us to surrender to his command, that means that, means that there's going to be some things that we want to do that doesn't align with what he's commanding us to do. So that means that there has to be a submission. We have to submit. We have to submit to his will. And one of the biggest areas that people have a problem with when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to following God, is this area of submission because everybody wants to be in control. How many of y'all know some control freaks? How many of y'all are sitting next to them? Don't raise your hand. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's raining. You don't want to walk home in this weather. I'll give you a ride, though, if you pay me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so submission to God's will. When you say your kingdom come, your will be done, you are saying that you are submitting. You are embracing. You are asking for God to come and for you to submit your will to his will. And this, what does this do for us? It describes the purpose of prayer. Your will be done. Why do we communicate with God? It's a part of his will. And, and, and I love, because you're like, well, how, how is this a part, of, a part of God's will? I love what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. I love what Paul says here as it relates to the will of God. 
It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And then if you go one chapter ahead of that, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, the beginning of that verse says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. And then it goes on to talk about purity and how God uses that for sanctification. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because for some of us, we'll say, okay, John, I want to submit. I want to submit to God's will. But for some of us, we don't know what God's will is, right? Like sometimes we're like, I don't know what God's will is. I don't know where he wants me to live. I don't know who he wants me to talk to. I don't know what he wants me to do. I don't know, John. I don't know how I'm supposed to respond to this challenge. I don't know. I don't know God's will. And for many of us, we get so caught up in the details that we forget that God has given us his will. That it's right here in the text. It says, for starters, rejoice always. For starters, pray without ceasing. For starters, give thanks in all circumstances. For starters, my will is for your sanctification. And in life, so many times we can get so caught up on, like, well, what's God's will for me? God's will for you is for you to look more like Jesus today than you looked yesterday. Do you look more like Jesus today than yesterday? Some of us get so caught up on trying to figure out God's will for our career for our family and all these other things, which, yes, that's important. You have to be a good steward of what God places in your hand. But that's not to be prioritized over your sanctification. Your sanctification, that is looking more and more like Jesus, so we are saved. But as we live our life before we die, there's a word called sanctification, and it means looking more and more like Christ. Do you look more like Christ? That's his will for us. And when you say your will be done, what we are saying was saying, God, whatever has to happen, whatever I have to open myself up to, surrender, submit, obey, repent, whatever it entails, God, I want your will to be done. And I will submit to your will. And, and, and as we think about this, I know there's this book that we read. How many people, they, we only had a few, but how many people in the first gathering, how many people in this gathering went through the residency program here at Vintage Church? Make some noise. Thank you, Kirk. We got a clap. The rest of you all, what are you doing? No, I'm just kidding. No, we have an amazing residency program led by Dr. Dustin Turner um, here at Vintage Church, and it's amazing. And it, we go through leadership development, and we read different books. And one of the books that we read was called Calling and Clarity. And maybe you're here today, and you're saying, John, I like to pray God's will be done, but I don't really know what God's will is for. I want to encourage you to read this book. And in this book, it breaks down callings and it, and it goes through scripture and it says that for all of us, we have a general calling. And a general calling for everyone is to love God and love people. So when you think about what is God's will, I'm praying for God's will to be done. Are you loving God and are you loving people? So we have the general calling and then he describes a missional calling. A missional calling is like a guiding mission or something that aligns with your gifts and your passions. So some of us are really, really good at, um, let's say, working on cars. You just have a gift for it. You know, your, your missional calling might have something to do in that space. And we all have different missional callings. But I don't want us to miss the general calling. All of us should be able to do that. Sometimes you have to dissect and you have to walk through um, your life with people when it comes to missional calling, but you have your missional calling, and then you have a direct calling. 
A direct calling is like something that's super specific. It's like a, it's like something kind of a lot of times direct callings come out the blue. And a lot of times, many times they're not in your comfort zone. You know, a direct calling for me would be something like, John, you're supposed to move to Alaska. Like, Lord, I know I said your will, but this boy been in New Orleans his whole life. But, but then you have your direct calling. Anyway, that's just a resource for you. I just want to encourage you. Because at the end of the day, for many of us, we might not know what God's will is for our life. You know why? Because we don't read his word. You can't know his will without reading his word. And you might be lost. You might be trying to figure it out. May I submit to you, get in his word. Because the more you're in his word, the more you will see and the more you will know what his will is. So as we think about this, so, so they're submitting to God's will. So we have this, this, this purpose of prayer. And then it also, as you think about submitting to God's will, it defines the priority of prayer. And, and our priority when we pray is for God's will to be done. That's the priority. And I love how in the Lord's prayer, this is early on in the top where it says your kingdom come, your will be done. Because that is a priority when it comes to prayer for God's will to be done. I've been, as I've been studying and, 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 and reflecting and meditating on this verse all week, and I've been thinking about prayer, and like we pray for people all the time, we pray for ourselves, we pray for all of these things. How many times do we say, God, let your will be done? Imagine how that can change everything when it comes to prayer. For so many of us, we get so caught up in trying to align God with our desires. Imagine how you can combat that by when you go to God, every time you go to God, you say, God, I know I'm praying for this, but the priority is that your will be done. To let your will be done. Because you know more than I know, God. You, 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 you've experienced more than I've experienced. And, and as it relates to God's will being a priority, you look in 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15, it says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. There's a part in this reading that I think a lot of people skip over. It's in the end of verse 14, it says, according to his what? His will. A lot of people hear this and they're like, oh, yeah, God's going to hear me wherever I ask for. I can have it. Yeah, yeah, hallelujah. But no, 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 no. According to his will. That's the priority. And, and, and we, as, as a church, we are, as you think about priority, it's so important because as a church, we are going through different Bible reading plans this year. And hopefully you've been able to join along for that. If you haven't, Pastor Dustin has some exciting news to share with you. We're starting a new one. Um, but we want to encourage us to get into God's word. And this year, I'm so excited because what day of the year is it? It's the 26th day. By God's grace, I'm a part of a Bible reading plan program with like 10 other people. We hold each other accountable. And every single day this year, I've started my day in the word of God. And I want to give God praise because it's never, I've never gone this long before. I usually take at least a day off. <laughs> Don't judge me. But there's this reality that 
by God's grace, I've been able to do this. But you know why? Because I prioritize it. Every single morning, I prioritize my time with God and in his word. So no matter what happens the rest of the day, that priority has been taken care of. And when we pray and we say, your kingdom come, your will be done, God's will being done is a priority in our prayers. So we have this. And then the last thing as we get ready to close is shifting to God's perspective. It says, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's this reality we have to shift to God's perspective. I don't know if you know, it's like a progression. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done. So when his kingdom comes and his will is done, then it can be on earth as it is in heaven because there's another perspective that we have. There's this eternal perspective, not this earthly perspective. And one of my favorite sermons from Pastor Dustin is when he talked about the difference between a, a, a line segment and a ray. How many people love math in school? Nobody. Okay, well, I'm going to give a lesson. So there's something called a line segment, if you remember. A line segment is a point where it starts. There's a line. There's another point. That is a line segment. And the thing about a line segment is it has a concrete beginning and it has a concrete end. And for a lot of us, when it comes to shifting to God's perspective, a lot of us have a hard time doing that because we look at life that is a beginning and as an end. And that's it. But how many of you know that in Jesus, we have an eternal hope? In Jesus, there is no segment. There is no you only live once. No, in Jesus, we are born and we live into eternity, which reflects a ray because a ray has a beginning and then it goes on into affinity and on and on and on and on. And it never is. And for many of us, we have a hard time when we pray, understanding that we want the earth to look like it is in heaven because we have a line segment mentality. Here and now, I want to be in command. I want my will to be done. Because we're looking at life as a segment. Instead of having God's perspective and knowing this is but a vapor. In Christ, we live with God for eternity. So as we think about this, shifting to God's perspective, it speaks to the description of our perception. It describes our perception in prayer. I love what it says in Colossians chapter 3, verses 2 to 3. It says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. That's so good. It's all about perspective. Letting it be done on earth as it is in heaven. It speaks to this perspective that we want when we surrender to God's command and we submit to God's will. And then the next thing as it relates to shifting to God's perspective, it defines the plan through prayer. It defines the plan through prayer. As we pray, as we pray so many times, I don't know about you, but a lot of times when we pray, a lot of times we go, we go to God and we're praying about something. We're praying about a plan. We're praying about something that we want to happen. And then we get finished praying. We're praying every day and we get up and we look around. And guess what we see? The same thing we saw before we prayed. But sometimes when we pray, it's not... The, the, the answer is not going to be you opening your eyes and seeing everything around you changed. Sometimes when we pray, it's about us opening our eyes and 
allowing God to change everything on the inside of us, to give us an eternal perspective. The, the past week, week and a half, has been really challenging for my family. About six months ago, my grandmother, she died. She was older. So, you know, it was sad, but we kind of saw it coming. She was almost 90 years old. But about a week and a half ago, my aunt, who was not that old, she wasn't as old as my grandmother, she was healthy. She had no complications. There was no signs of anything bad about to happen. She was in her room reading, and my uncle goes in the room to check on her, and she was dead. She was gone. And yesterday, my family went out of town for her funeral, and I was a pallbearer, and I sat right there on the front row. And I was just looking, looking at her body, and I was crying. And the praise team was singing that, that, that Jesus, that the victory belongs to Jesus. I remember sitting there, I'm like, like, she didn't even get a chance to say bye to us. Like, she should have lived for at least another 15 or 20 years. And they started saying, victory belongs to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, John, I know you're sad, but she's with me now. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And in that moment, my perspective changed. And as we think about prayer and we think about allowing our perspectives to shift, it's so important. And I don't know what you have going on in your life right now. But when you pray and when you are surrendering to God's command, when you are submitting to his will, when you are shifting to his perspective, that changes everything. Changes everything. So I want to give you a closing challenge. My question is, have you allowed your desires? Did you think about your desires when you pray? Have you allowed your desires to surrender, submit, and shift to God through your prayer life? Or when you, or like, have you surrendered to God's command in your life? Or are there areas in your life where you still want to stay in command? Have you submitted to God's will? For many of us, I can speak to myself, this is a constant challenge. I have to intentionally, daily submit to God's will because when I wake up, I want what John wants. But God wants something different. And we have to continually submit to his will. So have you done that and have you shift to God's perspective through prayer? If not, make the decision today. The next thing I want to encourage you and challenge you with is to get committed and stay committed to reading the Bible. For some of us, we're like, well, what is God's will? It's in his word. How many people would take an open book test without opening the book? The book's right there. Open it. Read it. Get committed to God's word. And the last thing is to look for opportunities this week to live out this prayer for the advancement of the kingdom of God. So next time you pray and you say, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Realize the weight and the magnitude that comes with that one verse in the Lord's Prayer and embrace it. And embrace it. Let's go to God in prayer. Dear Lord God, we thank you so much for your word. 
God, your word is so rich. Even as we just went through one verse, God, it carries so much weight and so much magnitude, God. And I thank you that you did not just leave us here without a way to hear from you, but you gave us your word. So I pray for everyone in this room right now, God. I know for many of us, we recite this prayer over and over again, God, but for many of us, if we're honest with ourselves, and I will include myself in that number, sometimes we challenge, we might say your kingdom come, God, but sometimes we challenge with surrendering to your commands. We, we challenge with sur surrendering to your commands in our personal lives, in our career, in our school, in our family, with our struggles, with our heart's desires. God, for some of us, so many times we find ourselves in a position where we are trying to align you with our desires instead of aligning our desires to you. So I pray, dear Lord God, that by your spirit that you will encourage us, you will equip us, you will, you will help us, God, to be able to surrender complete commands to you, to surrender completely to your commands. I also pray, dear Lord God, that for many of us when we say your will be done, it's hard, God. It's hard to constantly submit our will to your will. But we know, dear Lord God, that your ways are higher than our ways, your thoughts are higher than our thoughts, God. So I pray for everyone in this room. Some of the people in this room might be in a difficult season in their life where they're trying to navigate what it is that you have for them to do. Give them comfort and peace knowing that at the end of the day, it's about looking more like you. It's about living out the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I pray that you will allow us to submit to your will. And as it relates to our perspective, God, remind us that as your kingdom comes and as your will is done, God, that the perspective that we want to have is that we want to see how earth will be as it is in heaven. So allow us to keep that eternal perspective. I pray, dear Lord God, that you will equip us this week to go out and to be your hands and feet, that you will equip us this week, dear Lord God, to live completely surrendered and submitted to you. Because I don't know about anyone else, God, but at the end of the day, I know that my desires are not meant to make you align with me. But I know, God, that ultimately I want my desires to align with you. So help us do for ourselves what we cannot do on our own. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.